If you have your Bibles and we'll open them, I have three passages of Scripture that I'm going to read from. Uh, I'm going to read from the book of Genesis, the seventh chapter and the fourth verse. And then we're going to go to the book of Zechariah next to the last book in the Old Testament and then to the book of Luke. While you're turning to Genesis 7-4, let me welcome our guest and thank you for being here today. Genesis chapter 7 and verse number 4. The word of the Lord reads, For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. Zechariah chapter 1 and verse number 17. Zechariah chapter 1 and verse 17. The scripture says, Cry yet, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, My cities through prosperity shall yet spread abroad, and the Lord shall yet comfort Zion, and shall yet choose Jerusalem. I conclude in Matthew chapter 14 and verse number 22. And the servant said unto his master, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And everybody said amen. I realize this morning that preaching is not merely about me having something to say, but it has more to do with you being able to receive and having a heart that can receive the Word of God is so very important. There's a scripture that always seems to haunt my mind when I reflect upon it found in the New Testament where Paul stated that the Word of God did not profit. It did not profit. It did not add. It did not advantage people who heard it. And he said the reason is because they did not mix that Word with faith. Let me just give you a little insight. You know what our worship is? Our worship is not just an exercise in futility or a, a, a means of getting you excited or trumped up about something. But exercise, it, it, it is, worship is in reality an effort of faith. It is an act of faith. It is saying to God before He ever speaks, before He ever works, I exalt you as Lord of lords and King of kings. And I worship you and I release everything into your hands. And so what I've discovered is that people that do not worship, and please listen to me. I don't mean you open your mouth and you sang these songs a while ago because that's not worship. 
That's no more worship than me singing with Celine Dion. Worship happens when the words connect with the heart. And you realize that what we've been saying about the blood is true. And what we've been doing up here is not just some form or formality of a church service, but it is in reality my opportunity to say to God ahead of time, I know you're going to speak. I know your word has something to say, and I just want you to know ahead of time, I believe it. And I'm hope I'm open to receive it this morning. So if you haven't really worshipped the Lord yet, why don't you take a moment and just lift up your voice and lift up your heart and really begin to praise and worship Lord, I do adore you. I do praise you. I do love you. I do respect you. I do honor you. I do praise you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Before you're seated, let me give you my title. My title this morning is simply this. It ain't over till he says it's over. It ain't over. I want you to say that right now. It ain't over till he says it's over. Let me add a little addendum. When he does say it's over, it's over. But when or until he says it's over, it ain't over. I don't care what your life's telling you. I don't care what the devil's lying to you about this morning. I don't care what your feelings are telling you. I don't care what your situation's telling you. I've come to tell you what the word of the Lord said. And the word said it ain't over till God says it's over. Come on, somebody reach out to him one more time. God, help me to receive the Word of God this morning. Help me not only to respond to that Word, but to know what to do in my own life with that Word. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. When I come to stand before you on any occasion, there is always in my heart a certain amount of fear because I recognize the power of of the spoken word. And I know how easy it is to uh, excite people or to uh, inflame the minds of people to believe things that may not be so. But I want to say at the outset this morning that I have not come to play with your emotions this morning. And I have certainly not come to play with your feelings. I have not come to tickle your ears. And I certainly am not here to be cute And I am not here this morning just to say a few uh, things that might stick in your mind as, uh, as some things do as we listen to the Word of God. But it is my hope and my desire that something more can happen. I am not here this morning to build air castles and, and uh, see them vanish when the service is over. I'm not here this morning to entice any of you to believe something that will not come to pass or will not be. My simple purpose in preaching today is to point somebody to what is true. What is true? What is settled? What is certain? 
and something that will never change, and that is the Word of God. There are a lot of things in our life that are uncertain, and there are many things that are unsettled this morning. But I come to declare to you a word that is forever settled. It has already been established. There's no debate. There's no argument. There's no going back to correct it or improve it. God said it like it needed to be said. And you and I simply need to believe it and accept it and receive it. And somebody said, Amen. I want to point you toward a word that can make a difference in your life. I don't know how many of you were really paying attention to my text this morning. But when you were listening to them, I hope that some of you realize that there really is nothing in common among those texts. There is no thread that connects them, it seems. There is nothing about those passages that seem to have any relevance or meaning. One of them speaks about a flood, a time of great disaster and a time of judgment. Another verse in Zechariah spoke about a returning people that were coming out of exile and coming back to their city to rebuild homes and the temple and their city itself. And the last scripture spoke about a man who gave a great feast and he invited his guests or his friends and they all made excuse and none of them had time to come. And so he sent his servant out into the highways and hedges and they brought them in from every area, from every walk of life. And then the servant comes and said, there is yet room. The only apparent similarity is one word. Just one word. You'll find it in all three texts. More than that, you will find that one word over 656 times in the Word of God. It is one word, but oh, the difference one word can make. And that word is yet. Y-E-T, yet. He said, yet seven days, and I will destroy the earth. God said, yet this city shall be inhabited, and these people shall prosper and be blessed again. And the servant heard his master say, when he was told to go out and bring them in, he in, in turn responds and said, there is yet room. It is interesting that all three of our texts, the meaning is the same in all of them. And the word simply means continuance or still or more. Simply put, in our modern vernacular, God is telling us it ain't over till I say it's over. It ain't over until I say it's over. What a sad day it would be if I had to announce to this wonderful body of people that there is no more hope and that your case is hopeless or your situation is hopeless. It would be a hard day if all that I could do 
is stand and shake my head and tell you that there's no more mercy and there's no more grace and there's no more forgiveness and there's no more love and there's no more help and there's no more answers and there's no more deliverance. It would be a sad day if I had to stand and tell you that heaven has closed its doors. Heaven has shut up shop. Heaven has shut down its entrance. And God is through working. That door has been shut. And it cannot be opened again. The office is closed. And nobody is in. What a tragedy it would be if I were to announce to you this morning. That life as you are living it right now. That's all it's ever going to be. Whatever miserable state you're in, whatever problem you're dealing with, whatever sin that you're in right now, it is closed. Nothing can change. If all were settled in our life and everything was set, how depressing it would be. How heartless it would be. How heavy life would become. And how weary our burden would be to bear. And how empty this church would become all of a sudden if you realize there is no more hope. If you really realize that there's no more mercy, there's no more grace, there's no more help, there's no more strength, there's no more encouragement, you would have left this building already. Amen. How tragic it would be if everything were settled. When I thought about that, life would flee out of this place like in a vacuum. It would be like if that announcement came and everybody was aware that it was true, it's settled. It would be like somebody put a hose in this building and just sucked the life out of us and sucked the air out of us because of that announcement And the reason is because if all is settled and nothing can change and nothing will improve and there is no hope and there is no help, then why live? Why come to church? Why pray? Why call upon the Lord? Why reach out to God? The simple truth is all of us live our lives in hope. All of us live our lives in hope that no matter what today may be like, tomorrow's coming. No matter how bad my life may be right now, tomorrow's coming. That things may not be right at the moment, but the winds are changing. Things may not be like they ought to be, but they're not always going to be like this. I may not even be where I need to be this morning, but God is still here. And God is still working. And in our scripture passage, there is a breath of life that comes into the wearied soul. And there is a wave of encouragement that sweeps across the pages of scripture And there is a wind of change that is inferred when God said, yet seven days. Yet Jerusalem shall be inhabited. Yet there is room in my house. 
One simple word changes the context of every passage. One simple word alters the outcome and changes the future and infuses life into the soul and revives within us our very spirit. It is, is it true, Brother Hughes? Is it really true that one word can do so much for us? Is it true that one word can bring hope, can bring faith, can bring future, can bring blessing, can bring encouragement? And the answer is a resounding yes. Because God is yet to do something. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord for that promise right now. Come on, everybody, clap your hands to the Lord for that promise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. I was up a lot of the night last night. And the only reason I'm standing here to preach to you this morning is because of that one word. There is yet hope. There is yet hope. There is yet the possibility. It hangs the hope of my future. It rests the assurance of the ages. It is the salvation of the lost. And it is the restoration of the backslider. And it is the encouragement to the laborer that there is yet something that God can do in this situation. That there is yet something God desires to do. Yet, everybody say yet. Say it over your family right now. Yet. My children may be lost, but God's not through yet. My home may not be what it is, it needs to be yet. Uh, you need to say it over your life. My life may not be what it needs to be yet. Come on, somebody, listen to what I'm telling you this morning. That's a door of opportunity and a gateway to heaven. In that one word is the promise that there is still something to come. When God said yet, He said there's more ahead. This is not the end. I'm not finished yet. God said, I still have something to do. God, my friend, is still up to something this morning. Somebody needs to say it again over your heart. Yet, I'm going to be what God has called me to be. Yet, I'm going to become what God has called me to become. Yet, my family is going to be what God said my family can be. We may be surrounded by failure today and mistakes and problems, but not forever. Not forever. For the present moment, our bodies may be broken or broken down, but not always. Not always. Our families may be dysfunctional right now, but not always. Amen. Our lives may be in a mess this morning, but not always. We may be groaning in our spirit, but not forever. We may be hurting in our life. We may be struggling this morning, but not always. Somebody say, not always. Today may be a hard day, but every day is not going to be a hard day. The word yet cries out to me that though I may be presently in a place that is uncomfortable and painful, there is hope that still lies in my future that a change is coming, that God is still up to something. 
The devil may be telling you that there is no chance of recovery. Yet God said, there is hope of a tree. There is hope of a tree. If it be cut down, that it shall yet sprout again. That's the word of God. We may be made to think that we will never beat this. We will never overcome this. Yet God said all things are possible to him that believes. We may be struggling this morning with evil and battles and assaults. And everything around us is chaotic. But God said, I am not through yet. Say it again, yet. In a moment of depression and discouragement, we can breathe that word over our life. It's not always going to be this way. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. I have come this morning on a divine assignment from God to tell somebody, hang on. It ain't over yet. Hang on. It ain't over yet. When the atmosphere of your life is heavy and stagnant with fear and doubt and depression and question, this word comes like a breath from heaven. God is yet to do His best work. Yet revives the flagging spirit and the wearied soul and it lifts the hands that hang down so that they can be again lifted in worship. Yet is the word that sustains me. Through a long night of watching and weariness. And it enables me to get up in the morning and endure the day. Because God is yet to do something. It encourages me to keep on doing. To keep on walking. To keep on believing. It inspires me to go ahead. Because something is coming. I am going to win this battle. I am going to overcome this problem. I am going to kick this habit. I am going to be what God said I can be. Because God is not through with me yet. Hallelujah. It will keep you. Hallelujah. I said yet will keep you. It will keep the life in us now until the better life claims us that God promises we can have. Yet, God said, seven days. It may look like death all around you this morning, but there is hope. We may not have made the best of our situation, but God said there is hope. The word yet tells me that it is still possible That God reveals His intention to me through His Word. And He said, circumstances may be saying this, but this is what I am saying. And it speaks of possibility. The doctor may say one thing, yet God said another. The lawyer may say one thing, yet God said another. Your friends may say one thing, yet God said another. The Word tells me that there's possibility. Let it affect your faith and let it affect your speech. My son may not be saved yet, uh, but he's going to be. My family may not be right yet, but it's going to be. My life may not be right yet, but it's going to be. When someone asks me how I'm doing, I tell them I'm not quite right yet. Everybody say it again, yet. For someone here this morning that might be about to give up, you need to let this word help you. 
And let that word come to you right now and give you a divine picture of what God is up to. The word tells me that God intends to do something. He intends to do something. Something that you and I may not see today. What we see today is impossible. What we see today is hardness. What we see today is callousness. What we see today is rebellion. What we see today is hatred. But God said, just hang on. I'm not through working in that situation. Come on, folks. Let God breathe some life back into your family this morning. God is trying to speak some encouragement to somebody and say to you, you have no idea what I'm about to do in your life. You have no idea what I'm up to right now. You have no idea what I have planned and what I have in store for you. God said, I am yet to do a work. It tells me that God intends to do more. God hasn't done everything that can be done. God intends to do more. The situation may not be better yet. I don't have a job. Yet, I said, I don't have a job yet. Some of you need to get God back in the picture. Some of you have become so encased in doubt and unbelief that when God's word speaks to you, it goes past you just like a rocket ship. And somebody needs to reach up and say, you know what? That's my word today. My family may not be right yet, but it's going to be. God knows what he's about to do. And God is not finished yet. Turn to somebody and say, God ain't through yet. Use that word too. God I know that's grinding on some of you English majors' nerves, but God, it ain't over till he says it's over. I said it ain't over till he says it's over. God said, I am not through yet. Just because there is a problem doesn't mean that that problem can't be solved. God knows how to bring all of us down. Patience is the ability to endure the present moment, the present hardship, the present sorrow, because you know that something better is about to change in your life. Somebody say, yet. In one of our texts, the master prepares a feast and invites his friends. And the house is filling up, but it's not full yet. God said, I still have room. I still have room. I still have a place. If you're not here today, if you're not where you need to be, God said, I still have room. No matter how far you've fallen or where you are, there is yet room in his house. There is in the passage in Zechariah a people who were discouraged and beaten down. A people downcast and oppressed. Seventy years of slavery. Seventy years under the oppression of Babylonian captivity. And now they are released to go back to their city. When they get back home, the walls of Jerusalem are broken down. The city is in ruins. And their temple, their blessed, holy, beautiful temple had been ransacked and was in ruins. 
And God sent a prophet by the name of Haggai and a prophet by the name of Zechariah to encourage God's people. Let's rebuild this temple. Let's put it back like it needs to be. And so Zechariah's purpose was to come to a people who were beaten down by circumstances. A people that the Bible said had hung their harps on the willow. They had forgotten how to worship. The problems in their life had been so heavy and the night had been so long that they had forgotten how to worship God. They had forgotten how to get in the presence of the Lord and sing and worship and adore Him. And He was bringing them back into a city that was broken down. And God said, the first thing I need to do, I don't need to tell you about your enemies. You know who your enemies are. I don't even need to tell you what's wrong in your life right now. You know what's wrong in your life. What you need to do is to know what I am about to do. And what I am about to do is a work of restoration I'm going to put a song back in your heart I'm going to put worship back in your spirit I'm going to put a clap back in your hand I'm going to bring the promises that I made you to pass I'm going to cause you to prosper again I'm going to give you more than you've ever dreamed of having I will restore my people come on somebody God's wanting to give you your praise back this morning God's wanting to give you your song back this morning. Oh, yes. Some of you have been going through problems for so long. You can remain standing. I'm through. You've been going through problems for so long. You didn't think it would ever come to an end. You never think you would see the light at the end of the tunnel. Seventy years is a long time to be held in captivity. Seventy years is a long time, a long time to wait and linger. Seventy years, seventy years, seventy years. My God, that makes me tired thinking about it. I'm tired this morning. I'm only 56. But 70 years oppressed. Seventy years, they go to bed, they wake up, the problems are the same. The oppressors over them. Sun doesn't shine. The birds may be singing, but they don't hear it. And the people of Babylon, they've heard all about these people of God. They've heard about their worship and their singing and their temple. They heard, and so they come by and they encourage them. Sing us a song. Show us, tell us, show us how it's done. The psalmist said, how can we sing our song in a land like this? They laid their harps on the willow. That's, that's the way life can be sometimes. It gets so heavy that you forget how to worship. You forget how to really praise God. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with Greater Life Church this morning. Nothing that a good praise service could not solve. Nothing that people getting lost in the Spirit could not resolve. Amen. Nothing. Nothing. So Brother Hughes, I know this is wrong and I know that's wrong and I know about that situation. You know what? I don't care what you know. I want to tell you what I know. 
And what I know is God said, yet I will prosper this city. Yet I'm going to bless this place. Yet I'm going to do good to my people. Yet, yet, yet. It ain't over till he says it's over. I said it ain't over till he says it's over. God said, I want to put back in the hands of my people their harp, and I want to put back in their mouth that praise. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but God sent me to tell somebody, it ain't over till he says it's over. Amen. When the situation seems hopeless, and the enemy is having his day, and I've come to tell somebody right now, That's exactly what it looks like. It looks like hell is having its way in your family, in your life, in your mind, in your spirit, in situations. It seems like the devil is rejoicing this morning. But God sent a simple preacher to let you hear what the Word of God said. And the Word of God said, yet, yet, this is about to change. It ain't over till he says it's over. You need to start speaking that word over your family right now. Yet. Release God. Yet. 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 Whatever your problem is, say it. Yet, God. Yet, God. Whatever your problem is, you need to speak that word over your life right now. Yet. Genesis chapter 7, the Word of God reminds us that there is a window of opportunity that's open to all of us, a window of opportunity. God said, yet seven days. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I've come from God to tell you, yet seven days. It's not going to be like this forever. And your window of opportunity is going to close. It ain't over till God says it's over. But when God says it's over, it's over. And I find over and over through the Word of God when God said, I'm through. I'm through. And I come to tell somebody this morning, you need to hear what the Word of God said, that the window is still open, but it's not going to be open forever. It's not going to be open always. That window is closing. And somebody needs to hear me this morning and understand what God said. There is yet seven days. Yet seven days. I want you to bow your head and I want you to close your eyes. God, right now, Lord, I don't know who I'm talking to, but whoever it is, if if I was that person, I would climb over the person standing next to me if I had to to get to an altar because I don't want my life story to end this way. I don't want my life story to end the way it looks right now, God. I've hung my harp on the willow. I just come to church and I go through my little routine and I play my little game and 
then I'd go home and I'd live my other life. But God, I don't want my life to end that way. I, I don't want my family to end that way. I don't want my mind to end that way. I don't want my life to be snuffed out in that condition. I don't want that. And God, I have an opportunity this morning. You have sent a preacher to me. You've sent your word to me not to hype me up, not to get me excited, not to make me run, but a word that would come and resonate in my spirit and remind me, that you're not through yet. That you're still working. That you're still reaching for me. That you still love me. That you still have forgiveness. That you can still restore. That you can still replenish. That you can still renew. That you can still replace. God, your word is speaking to me this morning that in spite of what the enemy may be saying over my life right now, there is yet coming to my life a blessing and a prosperity and a help that can only come from you because you are not through yet. Hallelujah. God, that soul that's nearest eternity this morning. And I don't know who it is, God. You only know that the breath of life is such a fragile thing. Only you know among us this morning who will live through the week. Only you know, Lord, how many of us will survive those seven days. I, I don't know. We may all survive. But I know what I feel in my heart this morning, God, and I know what your word has said, that that window is closing. That window of opportunity is closing. And if I'm going to do anything about my eternity, about my future, about my present situation, I've got to do it now. I've got to act this morning. I've got to take hold of the Word of God, and I've got to allow that Word down, down deep in my spirit. I've got to let that Word get down in my heart and do its work right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm pleading for souls today. I came early this morning, Lord. I was awake most of the night praying for this place today. I called their names. I called your name over every situation. I called your name over every problem, over every pain, over every sickness, over every disease. To the discouraged heart, Lord, to that one who came in weary this morning. To that one, Lord, who just came in dragging, came in without a song in their heart, without without any kind of praise in their life, Lord. You sent me to speak to them today that there is yet... There is yet a wind of change that's coming. There is yet a work that I, God, said am going to do in their life. There is yet a word. Tell them that. That's what I've tried to do, God. I've tried to tell somebody to steal something God is going to do. And I don't know if they believe you or not, but I do. I believe you this morning. And if I was in this place today... I would not let anybody prevent me from an altar. I would not let any problem, any person prevent me from coming before you, God, and lifting my hands and saying, thank you, God. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for this privilege. 
Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, God, for still speaking to me. Thank you, God, for injecting hope, bringing life back into my soul. Oh, God, thank you this morning for your spirit. Thank you for the promises of your word. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.